And there we are, we're live with the USA, the USA Open. Hello everybody, welcome to Lessons and Legacies. This is Tuesday, February 16th, 2021. Just in case this gets played for years to come, I feel like the date is, is necessary to mention. Um, <laughs> my name is Melissa Price, I'm your host. And uh, today is episode 49. Tomorrow happens to be the close of season one, episode 50. And today I am so excited to welcome my guest. Um, it's so crazy. I can't wait to share with you guys how we came to be and how this came to pass. It's a pretty cool story. And uh, I am just really excited to be here with her today. So Joanna, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell everybody a little bit about who you who you are. <laughs> well, first off, thank you for inviting me, and um, it's an honor to be here. My name is Joanna Walters. Um, I'm an author, a speaker, and an e-commerce entrepreneur, uh, a mom of two, and juggler of many things. Um, former U.S. Naval officer and even casino owner at one time uh, in my past. Wow. I've got a very <laughs> very colorful life tapestry, um, you know, very Oh, you went, I can't hear you. It's oh. been quite a ride for sure. You're good. It's been quite a ride. Yeah, yeah, that's, I just, you, you just taught me a few things right there. I didn't know several of those things about <laughs> you. Some of them I did, which is why we're here, because I was like, from afar, it was like one of those Facebook lurkers from afar, like, she would be such a cool friend. We have to meet one day. And lo and behold, we did. And it was not, uh, it wasn't planned either. <laughs> so kind of funny how that uh, worked out. So where, tell everybody where you live. Where are you joining us from? Uh, I'm in Boulder, Colorado, just below uh, North Table Mountain at the mouth of the Rockies. Mouth of the Rockies. So you live in the mountains, on the mountain. Tell us about like, what does your environment look like? Where's your home rested? I guess, I guess we're at about 5,800 uh, feet like elevation. Um, and I am just on the backside, um, the Southwest corner of North Table Mountain. So really easy access to great hiking, mountain biking and climbing. Um, in Golden. And so Golden is where like Jolly Rancher uh, was based and Coors Brewery as well. Um, oh, wow. And then, you know, right up that can, uh, right up that uh, canyon, you can head up and, um, you know, right into the mountains. And so, you know, I'm surrounded by mountains, but it's not, you know, I'm not around 14,000 foot peaks. I've done many of them, but um, I wow. don't live you know, up at altitude right now. I did for about 10 years. I was in um, Coal Creek Canyon at 8,500 feet uh, when I had two little girls. And and that was fun, even there for a blizzard where there was six feet of snow in three days. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine that. That's insane. And so how old are your girls? Uh, well, I have one um, that will turn 17 in two days. Oh, yay. Happy birthday. <laughs> and I have another daughter who uh, is going to turn 15 in a little over a month. So they're both aging wow. up. Uh, we're talking about colleges and futures. And uh, I feel like I, you know, they're, they're good kids. And I think I've done, you know, one of the most important jobs we have is to um, be a parent and, 
Yeah, they're they're good kids. They they do push me sometimes, but um, they push up all. all. I'm really they lucky. They're wonderful girls. Yeah. <laughs> so you got your hand yeah. full. No, we have a great I relationship. Also, uh, I also have two little girls, and uh, so I'm going to be treading up in your territory in a few years. Mine are going to be about to be eight in April and ten in September. So, um, and I've already got like the prepubescent mood swing attitude stuff rocking with my older one. And it's like getting these glimpses into the years that you're probably skating in right now with the independence and attitudes and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, how's it been? How's it been with your kids at home during the pandemic? Out of curiosity. I think I think they've adjusted pretty well. Um, we had a little internet issue this morning. I spent some time with Xfinity, <laughs> especially with the bandwidth that's required running an e-commerce company from home and then right. you know, two high schoolers on full-time Zooms. Um, you know, there's there's quite a, a bandwidth necessity. Um, but, you know, I, I think what I'm worried about, you know, my younger one's a freshman and there's so much social development that happens that freshman year in high school. Like I remember mine, you know, making new friends, going on dates, going to parties, going to dances. And she didn't get to experience any of that. And um, I think it can be so isolating. And we really need to, as parents and as a community, recognize that. Because now, I don't know if you've noticed this recently, but if someone's seeing your face, you almost feel like you're naked now because you're always covered with a mask. Right. Yep. And it's crazy. Like you how to learn how to read smiley eyes or pissed off eyes. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Well, you know, it's kind of funny you bring that up. That's come up several times this year for me, actually. And, you know, Precious, who I do every Monday with, she's been on so many different shows. We've been on uh, William's show together and all that. Um, she had an interesting take on it, and it really was eye-opening to me, pun not intended, but, <laughs> um, you know, she said, the eyes are considered the window to the soul. I don't know if you have you ever heard that. The eyes are the window to the soul. So yeah. she's like, when you're when we're covered up, she's like, you're literally you have to read in somebody's eyes anymore to ca catch a feeling. What is this? An angry person? Is this a happy person? Like people wink and nod and do these things because we can't. You know, we're muffled. We can't express like that. But even you can tell smiling eyes behind a mask. But she said the eyes are the window to the soul. So you're like taking out that distraction. And so it just was like a cool different perspective, a different way of looking at it so that it's not so the ominous, you know. But the mask thing has proven to be a big issue for a lot of kids, yeah. too. I know especially um, kids who have like learning disorders, learning disabilities. You know, um, my neighbor is a speech um, she works with children um, and she's a speech pathologist or speech therapist, I think it's a speech therapist, but um, she said a lot of the kids, they have such a hard time. They, they read expression to learn, mm -hmm. you know, right. and they read lips. And, you know, so she said like in her world, the mask situation has proven to be very difficult for the younger generation and their development as well. But uh, I agree with you a lot on the whole isolation fact. Um, my kids have never gone to school. We did try doing the virtual learning with our district in the beginning, right when everything popped and it was just 
too much. We couldn't handle it. We tried it for two weeks, but like there was nonstop technology glitches, Wi-Fi issues. The teachers couldn't connect half the time. And it was just nine hours on the darn computer every day with them crying, me crying, headaches, and everybody's stuck in the house. And then when you're done, it's like, where did the day go? Nobody got to run. Nobody got to play. Nobody like got to go and get outside and, and be. And so I just went back to homeschooling after that. But um, my kids miss playing with the neighbors. They miss going out into the park and playing with kids they don't even know. They just miss being around even even family, you know, even larger family groups and stuff like that we're, we haven't been doing. Um, and I, I've noticed it's affected them. They've started communicating that a lot more frequently. Like, we just missed this. Da, 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 da. And uh, yeah, I've been trying to be creative in finding new ways for them to make friends as well. And that's actually what we're here talking about. So that was a good segue. Not planned, but it worked out just right. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're here talking about making Perfect. friends. And like I was thinking when we talked about this, this is totally non-scripted for anybody that's joining in and tuning in. We decided for this to be natural. Oh, hi, kitty, kitty. Ah, oh, I love kitties. Um, we decided for this, this is to Ollie. be natural. I think I think I'm his person. Yeah, <laughs> he's I my, think so. I he's think my so. first cat ever. I've never had a cat in my life. Oh, uh, I have. Well, this is my first dog that I've I, I have a dog now and I've been anti dog since I had kids like, no, 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 I don't want to have any part of it. This one called to me. I went for it and he, he's like mine. I don't know why he's not in here right now, but literally every video I do, he's always curled up on the bed. He never leaves my side. And he's just like Ollie there. He sleeps with me. He's glued to my hip. He cries if I'm out the door and he can see me. Still, he's got to be next to me. What kind of I dog love... do you have? He's a, uh, what they call a pointador. He is a pointer Labrador mix. <laughs> Ooh, that's quite yeah, a mix. I bet picture. he's super smart. He is. He's very Super smart, smart and, and stubborn. Yeah, he's very, very smart. He listens really well. He, but he's such a lover, such a lover. He's good with people. He's good with other animals. You know, he just likes to chase things a lot. Like we, when the deer come up, he likes to chase the deer and he likes to chase squirrels and other dogs. So <laughs> he's got his quirks like we all do, like every pet, right? So, um, well, yeah, we're yeah. We're doing the making friends bit. And so I think we should let everybody know, first of all, how we came to be. And then this is not scripted. I thought it would be really cool to be. This is how people can make friends the new way. Um, I've began to meet friends in new ways. I've never made friends before. And this is one of those situations. And so we thought maybe... For those of you who feel like that's something you're battling right now, like the isolation is getting you and you want to go make new friends, but all you used to do is like go make your friends at church or you go, go to the bar or you, you know, you go to gatherings, which we can't do anymore, right? Um, there are new ways that you can make friends that's non-invasive and cool and, and practical. And we're going to give you a real life example. So Joanna and I, uh, so 
I saw Joanna first on my friend William Brown's Facebook show. It's called Disconnect to Connect One Word Conversations. And it's a show where you pop on and he gives you one word and you guys talk for an hour about that one word and see where it goes. And the whole idea behind it is that words don't just come with definitions. They come with emotions and stories and experience and all this stuff. And it's just a brilliant, amazing show. Um, Joanna, what season were you on? I was like his second guest or his first guest. I think I, like, I did, he hadn't even really. Yeah, like I was his first or second guest. Um, I didn't even know exactly what. I was going on for, um, mm -hmm. and you know, in fact, um, I really haphazardly like popped on, <laughs> but I, it was like it was wonderful, and it was like profound, and what came out of it was beautiful, and it was surprising to me. Um, and what and was so, your word? My word was no, no. Yes, this is her word. No. She was the second guest ever on the show. And she got the word no. She had to talk for one hour about the word no. Now you can imagine how I am. I'm on my phone. I'm watching this like, what's about to happen here? How can this happen? How can this be uh, for an hour about no? I'm dying to see, you know? And how did you, what do you think about that experience going through that? I actually walked away going, the way my thoughts flowed and Williams and the way that we fed off of each other. Can you still see me and hear me? Yeah, I can see okay. and hear you. Okay. So, like the way, the way that we fed off of each other and where we went with it, there were several moments during it. I know William and I kind of paused and went, wow, something right. magical is happening here. <laughs> like it's, it's kind of beautiful. And, and I picked the word. So back then it was on our camp GLP. We were both staff members working with Tori Ivanic for that and got to know each other the year before at camp. Um, you know, great guy. And, and he put it out there and said, okay, who's going to be on my show? And I said, sure, I'll do it. And then he said, well, pick a word. I said, no. And I was being sassy and stubborn and kind of, you know, silly about it. But then also there's a, a another part of it, right? That's beyond sassy and silly and, and all that. There's a part where it becomes freeing for yourself to say no when maybe you've been a yes girl most of your life, like a lot right. of us have been. Exactly. And so, you know, that was kind of, that was kind of interesting for me. So no, it was good. And I, I remember sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, I don't have any makeup on. I'm just wearing my fleece. Bear with her. There we go. There you go. All of all of that was kind of surprising to me, but it was it was such a good experience. And then mm -hmm. when you and I met, it was the wrap up of the seasons, and yep. he picked like I don't know, like ten of us or twelve of us, and and we were all he's being naughty. <laughs> so he's gone. He, he, wants, he wants all yeah. the attention. He's not about to share the attention with us. <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, and so basically, like, uh, we were on there and you made me feel so good because <laughs> you you were like, oh, my God, it's you. I couldn't wait to meet you. And I'm like, oh, 
you just made me feel so good. <laughs> you felt you had your celebrity moment there, right? And I had mine too, because I swear, though, I don't even know what he ended that season on. Like, like he, this, we did the wrap up at like 250 episodes later and you were number two. So I had viewed you quite a while before this panel situation happened. And I would think I was like the second to last person to join in the room. And yeah, there was like 10 or 12 of us on for that day. It took him like several, all week to wrap that up and get all of us on there. But uh, we were the very last one. And I, as soon as I, I got in there and I started looking, I was like, oh, it's her. No shit. I was like so stoked. Like, what are the odds? I had no idea. So when everybody else was talking, I was just like ready to explode. Like, get to me, get to me. I'm ready to burst. You know, it's like, I know you. You're my favorite episode ever. That's what I referred to her as. I was like, you're you're like a really awesome person or whatever. The first thing I said to her, you are my favorite episode. <laughs> and then I went on like, you know, I just I enjoyed that conversation that you had with Bill. It really it gave me a lot of insight to the type of person that you are and how you, you have this uh, outside of the box perspective. Like you see more than just what's in front of you. You know, there's a depth to you. And uh, so, you know, even after hearing you talk during the panel, even more stuff came out. I was like, she's a girl after my own heart. I'd learned about, you know, you're an author, you're a mother, you like to hike. I'm like, we're gonna have to message after this. I wanna be friends. So. <laughs> And I jumped right on board. Your energy is contagious. And it, you know, it kind of lit me up and it made me feel great. And that I think we all need to surround ourselves with that and surround ourselves with good people and, um, you know, people that make you feel good because life's too short. It really That's is. Mm -hmm. Yes. And if this last year has been shown that, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and friends i think like i don't have brothers and sisters so for me friends have been the family i choose um and i've been pretty blessed and, and able to have some really great friendships um you know some for over 30 years which is pretty fantastic um it is amazing but you know i think there's always room for you know lemony sunlight that's what you are lemony sunlight <laughs> Lemony sunlight. Oh, that's so funny. You said that because here, let me show you this. We're going to take a, a moment here. And while I'm doing it, speaking of friends, I got to shout out everybody, all these wonderful women joining in with us right now. Brittany Thomas is here. Hey, hey, she says, uh, I'm finally able to tune in. I know you've been busy, girl. And uh, congratulations on your awesome therapy session today. Um, Brittany Thomas, if you guys want to check out Brittany, she's awesome. She does uh, daily motivation and inspiration. She is the author of I'm Living My Blessed Life with Cerebral Palsy. And she makes awesome beads. She just made me my own Lessons and Legacies brand bracelets. And if you're interested in checking those out or having your own done, you can check out Brittany'sBeads.Company.Site. I'll put the link in or you can, Brittany, since you're here. And uh, Stephanie Morris is in the house. Whoop, whoop. Stephanie just started her podcast a couple weeks ago. I'm excited for her. She's also another amazing author and friend. Thank you for joining in. Beverly uniquely taken over Thomas. Thank you, sis. I hope you're well. I heard you had a haircut. 
I want a picture. I haven't got to see the new haircut yet. Um, and Brittany says to you, Joanna, sing or oh wait, no, where's your no com your no comment? Somebody said, said something. That oh, saying yeah. no is easy. <laughs> Setting boundaries and saying no is so important, is what Brittany said. I miss somebody. There it is. Oh, hey, Aunt Jeannie. Aunt Jeannie's coming in from Florida. What's going on? How's your weather down there? Uh, Joanna is in Colorado, and they've been having below zero and snow. I am in Charlotte, North Carolina, and it is like 35. Well, it's like 35 to 40 is what it's supposed to be today. But it's the first day we've had sunshine in several days. It's been cold, freezing rain for days. So grateful for that. And who's about to get married? Beverly says, and she's about to get married. I need to know who's about to get married. Um, okay, so it's funny that you said the lemony sunshine thing. Uh, this was like the new, uh, what did I do with it here? I, I, I was doing this before we went live today. I was changing everything over to yellow for season two. Uh, so it's funny that you brought up the lemony sunshine. I was not uh, anticipating that. It just kind of came over me today. So it must be a lemony sunshine kind of day, right? Jeannie says it's 82. Well, I mean that in like the best way possible. Well, I and I receive that. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling that vibe today. And I appreciate that that's received. That's what I give off, um, especially when I am feeling that way. Uh, Jeannie says it's 82 degrees and wonderful in Florida. Ugh. Ugh. Stab us in the heart, why don't you? It's so cold. Do you like the cold, Joanna? Um. Well, I this year started doing some Wim Hof breathing and cold exercises. Not quite on the level of Heidi Clauber. She's uh, another campus in your heart gal, and um, she uh, and Good Life Project. She she's done like fifty days of dipping in uh, you know water with icebergs floating around her. Um, but I have been doing the the cold showers and the breathing and. I don't know, it's supposed to be good for you, so I'm getting more used to it, but I was a hot shower gal before. Um, I'm okay, I'm from Chicago, and Chicago, right. the, the cold goes to your bone, right? Because it's, it's humid and, and windy. cold. Yeah. yeah, and your cold is like that, right? If it's cold by you, it goes right to the bone and it just chills you, but I've yeah. never been as cold, even you know, in the remote parts of the world, where you know it's 20 below if it's dry it's not anywhere near as bad yeah. as you know single digit chicago is bad oh <laughs> yeah that. Well, i'm from detroit and that's they've been they've been below zero and stuff too and that's to me uh even when i go i'll go to detroit usually to visit my family once a year if i'm if i'm lucky and <clears throat> often it's either in the spring or in the fall and I dress like it's winter here up there. It's like, it's it's cold, it's wet. You're all off the lake. So you're getting that lake effect moisture and the wind and it's ugh. Michigan to me, I've never been anywhere colder than some of the places I've been in Michigan so far because I try to stay away from those places. I am a hot girl. <laughs> I prefer the heat. Uh, Jeannie <laughs> says, come on down. She said, we can come on down to Florida and visit her. She says, our rooms are ready. <laughs> and uh, Beverly, to the marriage comment, she says, 
She's saying she's getting married soon. She's speaking it into existence. Got it. Got it. Got it. And uh, Jeannie also says she can find us a beautiful home in the sun. Well, the thing is, Aunt Jeannie, both, uh, this is one of the things Joanna and I have in common. And we're we're here live. This is our first like face-to-face -face real conversation. We're here to make friends. We've, we really don't know too much about each other other than what we've already shared with you here. Um, we're showing you new ways you can make friends with things kind of the way they are right now. Um, so yeah, I, I, Joanna and I both kind of have a thing for the mountains. We might not enjoy the cold aspect as much, but we love the mountains. So, um, that you don't have a whole lot of mountains down in Florida. I like to vacation down at the beach and stuff like that. But if I had to pick, like pick a dream place to be, I'd still go for the mountains and I would just deal with the cold, you know, for that little bit. It's worth it. I'd do it for that. Michigan, not so much. Mountains, I'll deal with it. <laughs> would you? Michigan's would you ever? Great lakes, though. Like, let's say. Uh, well, I've been kind of thinking about that. So I'm single. Um, I was divorced in 2011. Had a six-year like LTR long-term relationship thing that ended in the summer of 2019, and and now I'm back out dating. <laughs> COVID dating. That's good. That's good. Good for you. I've got some stories, sister. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't wait to hear them. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um, but I've been thinking like, you know, I, I've got one that'll be in college in a year and a half and the other one in, you know, gosh, three and a half years. Well, you know, and what do I want that chapter to look like? It's Right. kind of crazy to think about like who do i want to be next and what do, right. how do i want to live hey hey ollie hi ollie he's like i'll be on everybody, day, everybody that's tuning in that's ollie ollie on the lap ollie is uh very territorial he seems to be jealous that she's giving the attention to us say hi ollie you can be part of the show too <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's like he's trying to get get into your shirt there <laughs> uh, he, he has a thing for my neck <laughs> I, yeah i see that i had a cat that oh. used to um i can't have cats right now because my oldest is allergic so i haven't had cats in a while but until i had her i used to foster cats i had three four eight cats at a time like the crazy little cat lady um, but I did have one that wow. would use, he was like that. He would just, he was a big fat gray tabby and he would plop up onto my chest. He would lay there for a while and then he'd start doing that like up on my chest. Like he was kneading my thing. I, it creeped me out a little bit. It wasn't something I enjoyed. I'd move him over for that. Like lap cats fine. But when you start doing that, but that was his thing. And then I had another cat that would always come up and when it would snuggle with me, it would start sucking on the blanket. It was a blanket sucker, <laughs> you know? And I looked I, that up. I don't have any cat. <laughs> I don't have any cat experience. Like I've had dogs and I have a cattle, a cattle dog who, um, luckily you can't hear her right now. But you you didn't tell me, how old are your kids? Uh, Char or Sophie is going to be eight in April and Sophie will be or I mean, oh my gosh, Sophie is going to be eight in April. Charlotte will be 10 in September. So I'm a few years behind you. Yeah. So eight and 10. 
I'm like five years Have you behind. Gotten the eye roll hair toss. <laughs> oh, that's what I was saying. Like the prepubescent mood swings and hormone stuff, definitely starting and the independence and asserting yourself and this. I'm like, where did and you get like that? The chin comes out. YouTube, you know. Like, how could you <laughs> get it from me? Like, how can you be my kid? Right. Did you just tell me no? Come again? And like, I'm like, I remember those times when I used to tell my parents no. There was like soap in the mouth, definitely spankings. I got hair pulled, grounded like beyond belief. And I'm like, did you, excuse me, what? You're going to go right no 10,000 times now. That was another punishment I used to get all the time. My dad would make me write. He actually did. That was my longest writing sentence I ever got was 10,000 times. I will not lie to my parents. 10,000 times. <laughs> and then I was grounded from going out for weeks how, after that. How long did that take you? Uh, well, I actually. How long did I that love, take you? I love writing. I was really good at writing. It only took me two days. Like, I just sat in my room. I was grounded anyways. I just had to like give the fingers a break once in a while. I'm like, Psh, whatever, dad, I'm the fastest writer in the house. Watch me get through this real quick, you know? <laughs> wow. Writing never bothered me, but my kids hate it. So I, I took that little nugget and made it work for me, you know? <laughs> oh and um, Well, that's at least good. I bet you must have wonderful penmanship. I do actually. I've had people that have asked me to do some writing for them by hand, like handwritten notes and stuff like that. And uh, I don't mind it though. I like it's therapeutic. I like writing. It's kind of I don't know. It's fun to me. Um, Brittany says new ways I, that we I can still make write friends. Journal. I, for whatever reason, I have a hard time journaling though. Journaling I can only do for like two weeks, and then I'm like, ah, and I'm on to something else. I have a hard time sticking with like a 30 days of journaling for whatever reason, but I can write. I will write all day long. But when it comes to like committed writing like that, I have a really hard time with it. Uh, I, I guess it has nothing to do with the writing. I think it's more well, of the time. Who says journaling? But who says journaling has to be um, a commitment of a daily commitment? Couldn't it be when you feel the need to release your feelings or work through something? Like I've got probably 15 journals over the years that I started when I was like 12. In fact, they were really instrumental when I write, wrote my book. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I have, a, I have a bunch of my journals too. I still have, I have all my writing from eighth grade till now. Big box. I And that's, I used a lot of it to write my book as well. Um, I went back through a lot of those old memories and, and everything. I think when you write, everything has a purpose. Everything definitely has a purpose mm -hmm. when you put it down on the paper. It might not serve you right now, but always get it out, I think, is a good thing. I just I guess it's like the obligation side of journaling. So, yes, I like that you bring that out there. Like you don't have to do it every day. That's, I think, what drives me away from it is having to do it every day. Um even if it was like uh, Friday, well, just release day, that. You know, yeah. I well, I didn't really think about it. A lot of the journals that are out there right now are thirty days, or you know, fifteen days, or three hundred sixty-five days. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, oh, what if I miss a day? Then you got to go back. And I've done that before with it, like the twenty-day journal. 
I did it with my cousin. She was like 21 day journal prompt. We'll do it every day and then we'll share. And I would skip a day and then I'd feel bad and I'd skip the next day. And then I would try to catch up and I'm like, okay, now I got to fill three journal prompts right now so I can be on the same page as her. And it was like pressure. There was no release. It was pressure, you know? <laughs> Why don't you just do a journal that doesn't even have lines? I won't touch a journal unless it's blank because I want the really? freedom to, yeah. Like I, it's very important to me that there's no lines. I've had a couple with lines, but I don't like them so much. Um, there's no pressure. There's nothing that's everyday thing um, at all because then you're just free to let it pour out of you when it needs to. Otherwise you feel that pressure yeah. and then you're not even picking it up at all. Right. And I like that too, because, and I think my cousin Andrea would also vote on that as well. I think you guys would get along great. You guys are like spirit people as well. You Two, two peas in a pod kind of thing. But uh, she likes the blank journals because she likes to doodle too. Sometimes she'll write up the page and want to write in different ways. I, like I think if it's blank, I've never had a blank journal before. I've had blank lined journals. And my initial reaction when you said no lines, I was like, <gasps> I won't write straight. You know, like I'm, I'm a little meticulous when it comes to writing sometimes. Like, how am I going to keep my lines straight? But then I'm like, oh, but I could trade that for doodling because I won't doodle on line paper. I got to have blank paper for that. So that's an interesting new uh, concept to try. I've never had a blank journal. I might try that. I do have blank notepads here. Maybe, so maybe you, maybe you don't need to have it precise and perfectly straight right can make it an art project watch a children's book come out of this one i've already got the wheels turning right now i'm like i'm seeing things in my mind <laughs> um so talking about uh britney is saying new ways that we can make friends right now okay again for anybody who's just popping in this is joanna and i's first time talking we talked for about one minute on a somebody else's show, on William Brown's show, the first time we ever saw each other face to face. This is the first time we are having a conversation. This is us making friends from Colorado to North Carolina. And this is an example of how you can do it. Now, Brittany says new ways to make uh, friends right now is on Facebook, uh, Clubhouse, and YouTube. Okay. But we are in this virtual setting. So this is an example of the virtual setting, okay? Um, I don't feel awkward about it at all. I'm like in the comfort of my own home. I did dress up. I do have real pants on, not sweatpants. I did get fully together for this, just like I would if Joanna and I were going to have a beer or go meet for coffee. You know, we both got ourselves here and we are just flowing by the seat of our pants here, learning about each other, what each other's interests are, what each other's past has been. This is what it looks like these days. This is an option. Are you enjoying this so far? Yeah, absolutely. I've been looking forward to getting to know you better. Um, you know, we've had some fleeting like little texting conversations, but yep. hadn't had a chance to really talk. So, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I welcome it and look forward to more. Me too. And there is a little bit of a time difference between us too, because you're in the mountain time and I'm in Eastern. So there's two hours between us. So right now it's 2.39 here and it's 
with Joanna. So that's, I think, a lot of times why our our text messages are a little fleeting here and there is because of the time zone. It's like in the evening, we like to text and it's mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm putting my kids down or I'm going to bed. And she's like, oh, I'm finally okay for the night. <laughs> but this is cool. This is how we learn and we grow a friendship in here. We learn about each other. And guess who's here? William Brown's here. We've been talking hey. about you the whole time, Bill. We were, this is how we came to know each other was through one word conversations and being on your season wrap up panel. And uh, yeah, so I would say we have to give William Brown the credit for bringing us together. And the word no, you for picking the word <laughs> no, cause that's what really intrigued me. I'm like, how's she gonna do this? And you know, I will say uh, my second word I ever got when I went on to the one word conversations my first word was brave and I was like, yeah, I got this. And it was like a really, it was a time in our society, what was going on that there was a lot of bravery and stuff happening. So it was like very fitting and cool and powerful. My second word, you know, I went into it expecting something grand like that. Um, much like your word, no, my second word was let, L-E-T. And I was like, oh, I had to channel my inner Joanna I was like, if she could do no, I surely can do let. But I almost changed the word, but I thought of you. I was like, if she could do the two-letter no word, surely I can do let. So I've been in that situation, too, where you can take that one little word and make it so much. But it was through this show. Back to, see, I went on a tangent. It was because of this show that I got to see Joanna, and we got to connect and finally see each other in person. And then now here we are. So uh, thank you, Bill, for introducing us. <laughs> Not meaning to, but you did. So we thank you. Yeah, thanks, Bill. <laughs> the words, the one word conversations <laughs> are magic. I'm telling you. Dr. Deborah's here. She says, hello, ladies. Hello, Dr. Deborah. Hi. We love you. And she says, cats, cats are my favorite animal. I have had so many cats in my day. I love them and I miss them too. So very much. Oh my goodness, we got a bunch of comments here. Let's catch these up real quick. Um, okay. Okay, thank you. Beverly says she sent the pictures of her new haircut. Thank you. I will check them as soon as I get off here. I can't wait to check it out. Um, and she's Brittany's saying, woo, it's a party today. Everybody's able to tune in. Yes, and I thank you guys so much. We love, love, love the interaction. This is what it's all about, is friends, right? How many of us have them? Friends. <laughs> um, yeah, Stephanie. Okay, so Stephanie here, she is the author of, is it 30 or 31 Days to the Heart of Your Purpose? And that's a journal. And she has uh, prompts in there and like some good like meditative exercises and quotes and whatnot. It's a beautiful journal. I actually have started uh, doing them uh, throughout the week with my kids. I, I it's, they actually are perfectly formatted for their age. Um, so it's been a really cool tool for me too. She also agrees and says that journaling does not have to be daily. See, I always felt the pressure that it had to be kind of thing. And it, like, and then there's seasons of journaling too. Like maybe this year I'm a journaler, next year I might be a drawer, or maybe, maybe I have a season that I need both at the same time, like Joanna says, and get the blank page out and do both, you know? Um, 
Let's see. Jeannie says, I've never journaled until Richard was diagnosed. Richard is her husband mm -hmm. and he has um, Alzheimer's. Um, and she said that the journaling helped her catch her breath. Only She only journals when she has heavy things to work out. Journaling is a really powerful tool to still the mind and quiet the body, quiet and calm the spirit and the mind. I, I do enjoy journaling. I just don't like feeling like have to, you know, like I have to. There is an interesting um, uh, procedure, a uh, task I was asked to do by a coach quite a while ago, and uh -huh. I've never done anything like this, but like shut your eyes. And are you, if you're a fast typist, type mm -hmm. or if you can write like actually just write everything that flows through you yeah and it's very surprising um to you know really see like what comes out and sometimes you know some people believe that it's your um are you with me joanna if you can hear me i lost your picture I and your audio and I don't know, I don't know why you can't, I didn't touch no I camera. can hear you. Oh, there you are. There, there you are. are. Like, I'm so sorry about that. No, but, um, it's, it's is, Ollie, is Ollie messing with your, your cord and stuff? <laughs> no, he's, he's trying to sabotage. He fell asleep right over there. He's actually, uh, you know. I thought you could blame it on the Ollie. Yeah, no, he's, no. Um, and my internet connection which has been a challenge today um but it's well, interesting to I'm, see like i'm having problems too i have planes flying over right now and they it, this happens like three times a day and we'll have like 15 minutes of non-stop planes flying over because i live right near the airport and every time it will start glitching my stuff so i get it wi-fi issues but we're still here <laughs> I guess my point is to see what comes out and and a lot of people might believe if you just allow it to flow out of you sometimes it's your subconscious um some people believe it might be more than just that um from you know not just your subconscious but um spiritual or you know guiding you to the answers you really need um you know i try and meditate but ideas bubble up but usually they're ideas i need so good. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm the same know. way, actually. And this is what we're here. We're getting to know each other and our similarities and our differences and maybe ways we can help and balance and grow each other. And don't let me forget, too, because I love to talk and I'll go on a tirade. I want uh, I want you to tell everybody about your book and I want to hear about your book, too. Um, but oh, yeah, I'm the same way with meditation. I have done group meditation. I have had a meditation coach one on one. I've done three people meditations. I've done it with my kids, done it in all the ways. And uh, the sitting still and quiet thing, that's the same way. I start getting anxious because I'm like, you're thinking about too much. Let it go. Let it go. Like my brain goes on super loud when, when everything else goes quiet. I have found that um, if I can try to focus more visually and then like draw a picture afterwards that like kind of distracts my mind when I can go with the visual side of things. Otherwise, what works for me, and I didn't know it was a thing, but this is true, 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 the best kind of meditation I've ever done. Um, it's called active meditation. And like an example of a way that you can do it is if you were to go down like a nature path 
or a greenway path, or even if you're walking through your neighborhood, you look for like a certain color of flower, or you look for a certain type of color of rock, or you look for feathers. You look for something that's not everywhere all over the place. So you're moving, but you are tuned in to just like, just look, look for the feather. And so that quiets your mind, you're moving. And it's amazing what it does for my spirit, my soul, and all those thoughts just go right out my head. It's unreal. And, and so I looked that up, like, is there such a thing as like a walking meditation? And they call it active meditation. I imagine that there's other forms of active meditation out there, but that seems to suit me, you know? It sounds I do not like you've entered a bit of a flow state. Um, you know, like surfers talk about it where they feel the energy of the wave around them and, you know, swept up in it, but then one and part of it. Um, and when you're moving and you're focusing, maybe you're kind of in a bit of a flow state too, which is kind of interesting. I like that. And it's funny, my husband's from Hawaii. He's done his fair share of surfing. He likes, he's the beach bunny. He would go move to the beach and be by the ocean side any day. I uh, I prefer the dry land myself. I'm a little afraid of fish. Although you I seem to move to New Zealand. What's the that? Mountains, move to New Zealand, the mountains right up next to the ocean shelf. That would be super cool. Now, see, I'd do something like that. I would totally, I'd take the, if there's a place where it's best of both worlds, I'm down, you know? And, uh, Precious Pollen's in the house. She says, hey, queens, we're just up in here making friends. And we have so many friends joining us today. It's a full house up in here. I'm so grateful everybody showed up. Um, Stephanie brought a good idea to the table. And actually, this is something William Brown has done recently. And I don't know that he did it to make friends, but this is a really good suggestion. Um, you could start, Stephanie says you could start a virtual book club to make friends right now. So you can like, and that's a great, yeah, that's a great way to do it because when you're reading a story, um, you know, just like when you're doing one word conversations, everybody's gonna have a different perspective on that story because of our different experiences. You know, if we're reading, let's say, for example, I don't know why this book came to my mind, but this is the one I'm going for. Um, I'm sure most of us have read the book, The Scarlet Letter or are familiar with it, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, let's consider if I read the story, if William Brown reads the story, if you read the story, if Precious reads the story, if Jeannie in Florida reads the story. We, I bet you if we all sat in a circle on chapter one and say, okay, so where did that land for you? Everyone's going to have a different take on it because we've all led different lives. Some things might bother one or one or more of us because of the things we've experienced. Some things might motivate one or more of us because we've had different experience. So I just think that's a really cool idea. I never would have thought of that. What do you think? I think it's a great idea. Have you ever done that? Have you ever done a virtual book club or anything? I haven't done a virtual book club. I've done a live one um, quite a while ago, but it was kind of fun. And then inadvertently, they all end up kind of like, the, fizzling out yeah like i've had that yeah. happen a lot um but no i like the idea of it it sounds great you just gotta find ways to keep it exciting like uh halfway through the book you say now for the second half everybody gets to bring drinks to the book club hey you know <laughs> yeah, right that'll keep them to the end or we do fireworks i mean come on we got to be creative right um and so speaking of books 
you are an author. I would love for you to tell everybody what your book is. Do you have it? Do you have it to yeah. show? Uh, yeah. Do you mind me grabbing it quick? It's no, right here. Go for it. Go for it. I will and take your time. I'd be surprised if Ollie doesn't come sneaking up and grab your chair. Oh, gosh. You know what? I had a copy down here. I have to run up the stairs to grab it. Is that going to bother you? It'll be like 30 seconds. No, you're good. You're good. Go for it. Go. Get that cardio in. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, again, this is making friends a new way. I will just tell you guys a little bit about my history, why she's running and grabbing the book. Uh, I have always been very scared of technology and technology upgrades. For those of you guys who know me, um, well, I'll show you a picture. Um, this is my mother. This is my book. Um, and my mother's on the bottom. Her name's Renee. She's in Detroit, Michigan. My mother is um, very fearful of technology and upgrades, as am I. Um, so, or I, as I have been over the last two years, I'd say, but especially through 2020 when pandemic was going on, I really took the bull by the horns, the bull by the horns and kind of tried to shed that fear. And I learned and I grew so much in it. I know technology is maybe scary waters for some people to try to use this as a way to make friends, but oh my gosh, it's a blessing. I'll tell you what, if I hadn't gotten over this fear and if I hadn't had such great friends out there, Stephanie and Precious and Dr. Deborah and William Brown and everybody that's watching and everybody that is even not here right now and Brittany, everybody that's always present, like you guys helped me shed those fears. And because of that, oh my gosh, I'm able to make friends with people in Nigeria and in Colorado and in Louisiana and in uh, Boston. And like, I'm able to actually see and have this real human experience, not just on the phone where all you're hearing is the person's voice and you can't see their expression and, and, and their glow. You know, this is such a beautiful way. I encourage you don't be shy about it. Like ask a friend, can you help me figure out how to stream yard? Can you help me figure out how to tune into a Facebook live? Can you ask if you don't know, ask and you shall receive. This is a blessing. This is a beautiful, beautiful, blessed way to meet friends all over the world, not just down your neighborhood street. But if that's all you want, it works for that too. So tell us about your book. It's called Girl at Sea. Wait, there we go. Can Girl at Sea, yep. Um, stories of courage, growth, and strength from one of the first women on U.S. warships. Um, and so that was me uh, in my graduation picture. And my first ship is behind me there. Um, but, you know, it was definitely quite a process. I had uh, gone through a pretty challenging divorce. I, I don't know if, I mean, I think every divorce is challenging on one level or another. Well, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And I was trying to figure out what next. And did a pretty crazy thing, became part owner of a casino, um, <laughs> and eventually the CEO. Yeah. This, all right, this is the second time this has come up. I gotta know how, this This is such a wonderfully eclectic background that you have. How did the casino fit into things? Tell us. Okay, so um, I came out of the marriage and I felt like I really wanted to hit it out of the park. And I'd done some real estate investing, really liked the creative process of that, enjoyed it immensely. And then from that, um, 
what ended up happening is uh, I went to a real estate investors meeting and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next. My girls were pretty small. They were four and six. And, um, you know, so that gives a good timeline of how long ago that was. It was, you know, 2011 timeframe, 2012, early 2012. Um, and so uh, I went to this investor meeting and, you know, the people that like kind of swoop in, um, this guy uh, cut the line, <laughs> swooped in. And there were like 75 people in the room. He goes, oh, my family and I, we've got 400 doorknobs. I'm divesting all of my real estate holdings and we're opening a casino. So if you're interested in any of my properties, just give me a call. And then he swoops right out because he's so important. He just had to leave. But I took his number down and wanted to talk about his properties because I thought I was going to get back into real estate investing. And mm -hmm. we have a, a pretty strong community in the Denver area. Um, and, and so I met with him and obviously he was most excited about the casino opportunity and i was looking at the properties and what was remaining really felt like it was shit honestly <laughs> like oh. all the all the properties he had remaining felt like they were kind of put lipstick on a pig kind of thing they were they were rough right and right, right then i looked at the casino opportunity and i saw the value that i could add like they needed someone with my background i have an mba i you know, was a naval officer. I spent time with, um, let's see, I spent time with uh, Procter and Gamble. I've done a lot of different things. And, you know, I ended up doing our business plan, all the financials, all the projections. Um, I was integral in getting a red licensing with the state of Colorado. Um, and it was a full blown casino. We had, I don't know, 250 slots and a full complement of table games. Wow. We had, you know, we had craps, we had roulette, we had six blackjack right. tables, a bar, a restaurant, a hotel. Um, wow. Deal. Right. <laughs> in Cripple Creek. And the first time I went there, it was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Sounds like but a then, resort, really. <laughs> well, um, if you know anyone from an academy, like your academy year is really a big deal. Like as a plebe, you you know, everything's about your class spirit. And my class was 94. And so right. when we're driving out there, there's a, a sign that says the elevation of Cripple Creek. And it was 9494. And I was like, wow. oh, this is for me. I right. didn't really think about this. Right, and right. So, um, I saw the value I could add. I, I knew like looking at the financials, I believed what I could you know, passively earn after a couple of really hard years of leaning in. And our our unique selling proposition was that um, the owners were going to be accessible and on site at all times. And so what that meant was, you know, I was on a seven on seven off with my kids. Um, when I didn't have my kids, I was there three or four days. I'd come home for a day and then I'd go back for three days. And then, you know, wow. and then I and then I wouldn't be there. My two partners would be there, but it was really hard. Um, uh, a hotel too. Yeah, we have a yeah. little hotel too. Um, I know that's we, what got me when you said that at the end. You were like, and a bar, and a restaurant, and a hotel. I was like, and all that for real. I want to come visit. <laughs> well, I mean, it it was it was nice, but it was called the Gold Rush, and we rebranded it to the Rush. Um, you know, it was in a mountain town, mountain gaining. Uh, we re. We gutted the building. Um, there was a massive hole in the center where we had to redo uh, even the sewer system. Um, it was a massive, massive project. And the issue was uh, 
casino up at that altitude, there's a, a really treacherous road to get there. And um, there's a pretty big swing between, um, you know, your sales or, uh, uh, you know, the amount of play you get in your profit between, right. during the summer to the winter, about 40% difference. So ideally wow. you want to, you want to open That's in like cute. March or April and you want to iron out your kinks and get your operation going smoothly. And then you want to make some money to ride out that winter. Right. Well, we weren't able to open until the middle of August. In fact, when we opened, it was the busiest weekend of the year. And my partner, who was a principal shareholder, Mr. I'm so important, I'm going to come in and, and cut the line. That guy. Right. Um, yeah. That guy. He had, <laughs> he had very unconventional ideas. And some of them would have been brilliant had they worked. Um, we were kind of constantly butting heads because I was saying we are building a multi-million dollar company. That is what we're doing. And he had some kind of block about it. Like he thought he, it was weird to say that, like, but no, it's a casino for crying out loud. I mean, right. that, we're there to make money and, exactly. you know, we have this full complement of everything, a great location. Um, and so, you know, what ended up happening is, um, the long and short of it is we were severely underfunded. He didn't want to give up more percentage of our ownership uh, for quite a while. And um, no shit, I'm on a coffee right. date. And I get a call um, from my um, general manager. And it was one of the days I wasn't there. And he was basically like, um, if we don't break uh, this other piece of the puzzle, which we don't have the time for me to tell you about it, but if we don't do this, we're not going to make payroll. And the issue was this back end, um, there's a ticket in, ticket out Tito system. A mm. bare bones system is about $600,000. A decent system is over, over a million, like 1.2, 1.5 million for a good system. And right. we partnered with a smaller company that um, in exchange for a small percentage of ownership, just under the line of needing a red license, um, we would give them ownership in exchange for their Tito system. Mm. The thing that's great about it is that it feeds into your entire financials. So at any given m point, you know exactly where you are. You know that this person on slot number 52 has put 20,000 of coin in and we need to bring them some drinks or see if they want food or right. a room. Or that person just won a, a $10,000 jackpot or, you know, like, and right. it feeds into the financials and that system that he put in never worked. Why? He put in a beta test and it crashed 50 times on our opening weekend. And oh. my finance team had to work around the clock um, processing manually thousands of transactions a day. Uh, the Colorado Division of Gaming were in our spaces, guns on the side of their uniforms eight hours a day standing over my finance team. It was, it was challenging. Um, so we were operating yeah. blind and, um, you know, we didn't know how we were doing. And I get this call in early October that says, uh, if we don't, if we don't um, break into what's called the minimum bank balance, because you're required to have a certain amount in your bank account, at all mm -hmm. times per the division of gaming, if a certain percentage of slots would go off, um, basically uh, you, you would be breaking the law. And also, um, you know, in case something would happen, you'd have to be able to cover it. And 
most people wouldn't want to open a casino, you know, with less than 400,000 in the bank. Our right. required number was 215 and we only had 250 is what we had. And that was it. And I get a call from my GM that says we have to dip into this money. If we don't, we're not going to make payroll in three days. And we have. Wow. And I'm on a date. I don't remember the guy. He's sitting there with his like coffee, you know. And and I walk in there and I'm like, I have to leave now. I'm very sorry. Oh my gosh. You didn't make any friends that day, did you? <laughs> not with that one. Um, but I think it's stuff like that that shows wow. you what you're made of. Crazy. It was it was pretty crazy. Um and so the long and short of it is uh we bridged the the time we raised another 250, but we needed another 1.5 million. And um, the day the wire was going to come through, uh, they pulled it and we had to close. Wow. Um, and that was January, um, 2 a.m., January 3rd, uh, 2013. Um, and so, you know, I kind of, that was devastating for me personally and professionally. Like it was more than just a, an investment to me. It was me um, wanting to show myself the divorce was hard. You know, my ex-husband lived a bit of a double life with a young woman. He's married to her now, but she was 18 years younger and, and it really wow. was hard on me. It hurt like hell. <laughs> and yeah, so I, um, I came out of that and wanted to hit it out of the park and um i lost a significant amount of money um i couldn't feel my face that day i think maybe i had was on the verge of some kind of cardiac thing like my face was like i couldn't feel it oh, i remember no. driving home going like this my, my ex- mom my mom just had a bell's palsy episode this past year same thing she had a she had a shocking conversation with a friend and like everything just surged out of her and then her face went numb and then the next morning she woke up and half of it wasn't working and it's been like a full year recovery process for her thank god she has recovered but yeah you gotta yeah you gotta like who's in those moments i tell her like mom you gotta start breathing you know <laughs> well and luckily i had some dear friends and my dad ended up moving moving out and and helping um you know as a single mom with two young kids i i had to figure it out um it, it was just it was really quite a story um so as we're unwinding the casino i spent some time a lot of time with an attorney um because there's a lot that goes into unwinding something like that as well that's so highly regulated. And the attorney's like, you know, I think you should write a book. Um, I think your book would be way more successful than the casino ever could. And, and you should think about doing that. And I was like, hmm, well, I thought about it for quite a while. And originally I canvassed our group of female academy grads. Um, and at the time it was before Me Too. It was before people being willing to share their stories. Um, and especially academy women, I think, you know, there's been, a, you've been guarding it out with the guys the entire time. And it's hard to, um, it's hard to be able to uh, own the beauty and strength in your vulnerability. Yeah. Because absolutely. it was such a patriarchal society. And um, when I had canvassed our group, this was probably 20, 2013, I had one person respond to me. Um, I interviewed her. I could tell she was totally holding back. Um, the spice factor, if there were such a thing on a scale of one to 10 was a two. And the uh, next day. Mm-hmm. That's totally then, a thing. 
that's it's spice factor is definitely a thing for sure. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> and the next the next day she called me and she was terrified and she said, shred your notes. I am not ready for anyone to know my story. And then I'm like, okay, I guess it's time for me to write my story. And so I sat right here and um, my dad and his girlfriend were, were living in my basement room down here. And um, my girlfriend's cat or his girlfriend's cat sat on my lap for writing the whole book. Um, I uh, wrote the entire book in a year. Um, and I, every day, like treated it like a job. It was less than that. Like by June, I maybe had 30 or 40 pages and I wrote the last page before my birthday, which is on Christmas um and your birthday was, is on christmas mm -hmm. ha wow how do you like that just curious do you like that or are you like the the one that always gets your birthday and your christmas all in one box and <laughs> well i think everyone gets it that way that has the same birthday i do and i've never had I, i've one. never i don't know anybody that has a christmas birthday i know i know some like my aunt is the 22nd my brother's the 19th i've got some close i've never met anybody born actually on christmas that's cool well i think it was kind of an interesting realization the last couple of years um you know most of my life i could never have a party on my birthday and I, I don't have any expectation that I mean, everybody remembers it because it's kind of memorable, right? Right. And usually you have off unless you're an entrepreneur and you own your own business and then you got to kind of check in. But right. like, yeah, right? Like, but, um, you know, so it's memorable, but um, I didn't realize how important it was for me to feel special on my birthday because everybody has the day to celebrate. Everybody gets presents. Everybody is showered with love on Christmas, especially children. And I didn't realize till I was in my last relationship how important it was for me that he made me feel loved and special and cherished and adored more than just Christmas. And yeah. it was the first time I ever owned that. You know, like I would only feel that way for someone really close to me, like my best friend or my lover or your husband or you know something like that. Right. But exactly. anyone else, you're kind of like, oh, it's no big deal because what are you going to say? Everybody you know, but the truth is, I guess sometimes I, I, I always go out of my way to treat people really well. And, and I guess I notice if they don't even say happy birthday on Christmas and we're supposed to be good friends. I can't believe I just admitted that, but it's true. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, this is, you gotta say how many other people are in your shoes. That's real. That's what other people are feeling too. You know, well, yeah, I used to say I get bigger, better, more expensive gifts, but that's not really the truth. <laughs> yeah, I know. See, that was a thing, too. My my parents always used to try to do that to my brother. Uh, like I said, he's on the 19th. So they'd be like, do you want birthday presents and Christmas presents or do you want one really big present? And so, you know, he was the only one they would offer that to because he was the only one close to Christmas. And uh, of course, he often went with the big gift. I think a lot of people yeah. do, but I, yeah. uh, and the importance of having a birthday, um, and then we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up here. I'm sorry. I've, I've kept you over. See, we're making friends. We're going over the hour. This is a successful friend date. You see virtual <laughs> friendships can happen. Um, I have a friend, her name's Redley and, um, talk about That's the, importance. yeah, well, her first name's Chanella, but she goes by red. Um, 
She's sexy. Fantastic cake decorator. She's been on Cake Boss. She's she's done stuff. Wow. With, she's, she taught Rachel Ray how to do piping on a cake. Let me tell you. I, I'll send you the video. Um, but she uh, she was she was in born into the uh, foster care system. Spent her whole life in there, and eventually aged out of it. <clears throat> Got to a point where she was going to age out of it, and. Part of what kind of got her on her path, she started taking these uh, cake decorating classes that were, you know, somebody was coming in and, and teaching kids how to do that. And she found a passion in that. And so when she got out, um, you know, she well, she had a family. She made it her mission. She's got five kids, all girls. Well, six now because she, she adopted she adopted a nephew. But all of her kids have special needs. She's a single parent. She owns in our state. Um, it's in Charlotte, North Carolina, Cake for Kids, and it's a nonprofit organization. She does like the um, the cake classes, just like she had done for her um, for kids in foster care, and she does them for everywhere. But she also makes sure that you know kids in the foster care system are able to have a birthday cake on their birthday. And I will tell you, I think it was it was two years ago. See, last year's like just a blip on my radar because of COVID had to be two years ago because nobody went anywhere last year. Um, two years ago, I went to one of her cake decorating classes and I took my kids and my mother-in-law and it was, she was doing it for her birthday. It was on like on her birthday for her birthday. That was what she wanted to do was give the cake class. And somebody had arranged that day to bring her a birthday cake and everybody was there. We sang happy birthday to her. We bought pre brought presents to her. That was her first birthday she ever had. Even after all these years of, you know, doing the cake decorating and going and making sure all these kids in the foster care system had their birthday. That's her mission, whatever. And I didn't even know that. I ended up showing up there to support her on her birthday and like, uh, cause I love her very much, but I didn't, know that she had never had a birthday party before. She was like beside herself. I have the pictures of that still. And that was a year ago. And she's she's in her 30s. She's our age, somewhere between the 30, 30 and 40 zone. Um, and that was the first time she had one. And she embraced it. She loved it. It was amazing. And it was just really something cool to watch somebody own that. That's so and touching. Yeah. Well, that's what you reminded me of when you were telling me your story the same way, like because your birthday was on Christmas, you never actually had the party. You know, you're not even in school growing up, so you can't celebrate at school with your classmates kind of thing even. So it's like, oh, that was that that's what that reminded me of, you know, being an adult and really then coming into the importance of like, yeah, this special day is super needed for me. This is my celebration of existence and damn it, I deserve it. You know, <laughs> both, they're both very uh, touching, touching situations and circumstances in my world. Um, I I can relate lightly. I am um, September 2nd and I would say nine out of 10 times all through school, my birthday was on Labor Day weekend. So I never got my birthday remembered nor celebrated in school. And it was always also like the, the right when we were going back into school. So everybody's off summer vacation and all this stuff. So I never had like birthday celebrations in school ever. So <laughs> I could relate to that. Everybody else got cupcakes and the party and the class would sing. And I'm like, I'm never going to get that, you know, <laughs> but uh, 
I don't know. Funny Can I stuff. tell you one quick thing about the book that I think is important for any like author coming up? Yeah, absolutely. Please do. Um, Please do. So I had a friend whose daughter was an editor in New York, and I just wanted to pick her brain. Um, and you know, part of this is programming, but I always thought like, oh, it's going to be so hard to get something published for real and not just um, self-publish or something like that. And and so I wanted to just talk to her and get some advice and see what she thought. And I wasn't expecting that I was pitching the book to her. I just, you know, did, she said, well, what, what's it about? And I gave her my 30 second elevator speech. And she said, you know, this adds to the conversation in the US, we want it. Oh, wow. <laughs> just like that. Yeah. And, and like, we'd had maybe a five minute conversation and she became my editor. And, um, and then I- Oh, wow, it. that's awesome. I've been like super blessed in a lot of ways. Like I, I let good things come to me, but then I'm grateful and appreciate them and try to give them back out into the world. Right. And so like, I thought this has to be harder than this. Am I really getting a good deal? How can this be? And then like came to realize like, yeah, it can really happen like that. And, yeah. and it did. And so um, I'm living proof of that. And, you know, I think that no matter how difficult things ever get. I know I can bounce. I'm resilient. I'll get through anything. Yes. And I have a big heart and I can't wait to get to know more of you. And I'm just grateful for you to have me on the show and even allow me to talk a little bit about this. And I'm proud of yeah. it. Um, and so where can people get the book? Uh, it's available on Amazon um, and pretty much everywhere books are sold online. Um, okay. It's not in bookstores anymore because it came out like in 2015. Um, you know, a little goal of mine, the next one, hopefully I'll, I'll create a platform for myself and write a bestseller next time. But um, I'm still Yay. really proud of the work. So we'll see. Um, and, you know, if you have trouble finding it, you know, you can reach out to me as well. And I do have an author website um, and it's joannasbertellwalters.com. And so that's right there. What's the, what's the um, website? Uh, joannasbertellwalters.com. I'll send you a link. Yeah, do that. Actually, that. after we get off here, if you want, you can just pop it in the feed or you can send it to me and I'll pop it in the feed after this. That'd be good. Okay. That way you guys can just click and go and it'll take you right there. So you don't have okay. to type anything in, you know? Well, thank you so much for sharing that. You have had such an amazing journey and this is just the peak. This is or not the peak. This is like the tip. Well, I guess the tip of the I'm iceberg. Coming up. I've got a lot going on. I'm still, I'm still going. I'm not, I'm not a kicking the bucket yet. <laughs> oh, no, definitely. Definitely. I've got a bunch of new projects I'm getting ready to work on, too, and I'm excited about. And, you know, every day is kind of uh, as predictable as I prefer it to be, you know, with our our young girls, our young ladies growing up. It's never as predictable as I want it to be. So uh, just trying to go with the flow. And that's I mean, that's what we can do. And I, I appreciate the fact that, you know, you had brought up that whole law of abundance cycle to me. You have to be able to receive the good things that come at you. And then you don't hold on to them and hoard them. You work with them and then you put it back out there. You put you and, and that back out there. You know, I think that's what keeps more than enough going around for all of us and working together and hearing each other and listening to each other and caring about each other's hearts. It's not just about the money. It's not just about success in a career standpoint. It's success in your heart and your spirit and your mind and your soul and success in your your happiness, you know? And uh, I think we need friends for that. 
I do. I really do. I think uh, we need to lift you know, each other up. Yeah. Nobody I've wants in, to yeah. go through this life solo, right? No. 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 And I, I've been in some of those cutthroat environments. And you know what? We're a pretty great group of people. And we need to lift each other up and give each other a hand. That's what I yeah. think it's about. I agree. I agree. And I hope that uh, uh, that our show today helps everybody um, maybe shed any fears or anxieties about these new ways that there are to make friends. Like I said, this is this is our first sit down conversation Joanne and I have ever had. So um, and we just sat very comfortably for well over the hour here. And I think we could continue on for several more. <laughs> Um, I feel so blessed to have gotten to know more about you. And um, I, I hope I'd love to have you back for season two. And aside from just the show, I want to keep here. Let me ask you, will you be my friend? Yes. <laughs> will you be my friend? Yay! See, it was a success. You guys, we came, we talked, and now we're friends. Guess what? This is Sophie. Sophie, guess what? Joanna says she wants to be my friend. What do you think about that? Cool. You want to say hi? That's my oldest, Charlotte. That's Joanna. Hi, Charlotte. She's hi Sophie. She hi. said she's gonna. We're gonna be friends now. That's the topic of the show: making friends a new way. It's the first Maybe time you guys are gonna come visit me sometime. Yes, I want to. Colorado mountains, here we come, and all the wildlife. Can you imagine all the hiking and all the animals? I'm the big hiker. They well, get they get pooped. Want to see your dog? Oh sure. yeah, yeah. Let me she see your had, dog. She's got a cat named Ollie. Here, you got to move to the side there. There he is. There's the Dave. See, Ollie has had his guest appearance on the show today too. He's oh, a nice. Oh, he's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and All right. Look at well, that. Now you're a cat uh, person. As we're getting ready to round out here, Joanna, do you have any final words you want to leave everybody with before we sign off? Um, you know what? when you feel something good about someone else whether it's in line at the grocery store or a friend you haven't seen in a while or a stranger um say it because it might be the only thing they've heard that's nice and uplifting in a long time and they may really need it and um i think we can't have too much good in the world especially right now uh, also i run an e-commerce company um and i will everything Hello? i sell okay and say, so i'll put it, that again you because you cut out just repeat that i run an i run an e-commerce company and i sell high-end relaxation equipment massage so we can just we'll put i'm, I'm losing your audio again um high relaxing relaxation equipment, high-end relaxation equipment. And we will have, we'll have her put the direct link in the comment below um, after the feed. Can I, can, I can't hear you anymore. I can't hear you. Are you muted? Check your mute. I still can't hear you. Can you hear me? <laughs> All right. I am, I've lost your audio at the end here. Wait, of course, no, I'm not muted over here. It must be the internet again. Okay. 
I'm not hearing you. Okay, so what I'm going to do, I will, I'm going to just wrap it up. If you want to like hang in the green room for just a minute and we'll see if we can get this audio back. But um, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for being here. You're the bomb.com. Um, no, I don't need to take you off the screen. You can end with me too. I don't open with me, end with me. Um, so just in the end, guys, there's a blessing in every lesson. Um, the purpose of this book, the purpose of this podcast, the purpose of every single amazing soul that's made their way to this show um, is to show how much we're connected, you guys. Uh, whether we are in quarantine, whether we're in Colorado or New Orleans or Nigeria or the Netherlands, wherever we are. Or in C. Or in North Carolina. It's an amazing way. It's it's an amazing thing that we are able to connect with each other. Um, and we can't do it in this life alone. We need each other. We're meant to build each other up, to teach each other, to learn from each other's lessons, even the tough ones. Don't just share all your triumphs. You got to share the tough stuff too, because when you do, you give other people hope that they can survive it too. You're not the only one in the world going through tough stuff. And for every tough thing you've got out there, there's other stuff out there that's even worse. So, Find your way to uh, be a blessing in this world and always look for the blessing. There's always a bright spot in every situation. So uh, let your lessons become your legacies. I love you guys. I will see you for the very final episode of Lessons and Legacies tomorrow at 10 a.m. Where I will have Gideon Desmond with me to do part three in Lessons in Spirit. And we're going to be talking about the strength of spirit. So. You, this is the last episode you're ever doing? No, nope, this is just season one. Ends tomorrow. Oh. So say peace. Peace. Love you guys.